Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Once again, we, 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 we're mining the blobby minds for the uh, tweet image. And my God, it really is a never-ending bounty of goodness, isn't it? It's it way is. easier than getting a Dave Benson Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, to Dave. Yeah, but Mr. Blobby seems like he might have been a bit more popular, a more photographed <laughs> individual than Dave is, Mr. Blobby. <laughs> God, what have you just put in there, Michael? Oh my God! Yeah, so it turns out I don't know if you noticed that, but that's <laughs> I didn't know Mr. Blobby had a Mrs. Blobby for starters. Yeah, but, um, oh, with a big pearl necklace, an actual pearl necklace. Yes. <laughs> In yes. the background is a, an actual real-life helicopter painted pink and yellow. Oh, it <laughs> just, is. Just like the Blobbies. I didn't realise it, it looks white, that. but it is painted. <laughs> it's like they're the fleeing like in the midst of some kind of political <laughs> tensions. Like, get to the Blobter. We've got to make a helicopter. I'm just wondering if it's got an actual name. Um, I'm, I've just Googled Blobby Helicopter. There's a video that says Mr. Blobby gets a helicopter. Right. Um, there, and then there's a series of articles. Treat turns to terror from Herald <gasps> Scotland, 13th of July, 1997. And then there's the first line is, and I shit you not, I think these may be completely separate and I'm not clicking on it. But the first line says a nine year old boy died yesterday after a helicopter uh, giving flights to dot dot dot, and then it says Mr. Edmonds, who along with child children's favourites, Mr. Blobby. Oh god! <laughs> I have no idea what the connective tissue is in that story. Yeah, oh it could be god. completely separate articles on the same page, or yeah. it could have been the Blobby copter that. It could have been the Blobter, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, it gets better. I'm sorry, but this the search term Mr. Blobby helicopter is incredible. I'm just sent one in now that looks like it's from Apocalypse Now. It's Noel Edmonds. Oh my god. Being shoved to the floor by Mr. Blobby, who's about to engage in combat while other helicopters are in flight in the background. <laughs> <laughs> It's the last flight out of Norwich. You've got to get on the chopper. There's only room for Before one. they sterilise the city. I mean, I feel kind of, um, what's the word? Like, mine's an anti-climb. I found this blobby that I just, it's just a picture of him. Hang on, let me paste it in. Mm-hmm. There we go. And But there's just something about his eyes. Just the way that they point almost oh, diagonally outwards. Like That's so beautiful. Like oh, ant stalks, antennae or something. And he's holding... Nothing going on in that head, is there? Something, no. <laughs> Just, he looks a bit ch- ch- cherubic, cherubic. Yeah. Ooh. Very innocent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does look weirdly clean, though, like it was generated by an AI. <laughs> <laughs> it does, yeah. How I think odd. If you, we, need, 
If you put the um, helicopter photos in a certain order, it could tell a story about an attack and an escape. Yeah, <laughs> it could. It could. I'll try and make that happen now in the in the tweet thread. If you want to go see these images, oh please, everyone, please go to the thread. You have to look at these images. They are incredible. In yeah, the order incredible. they're presented. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, while while you're putting together that masterpiece, should we rule the intro? Sorry, sorry, I would love to roll the intro, but I cannot not share this image right now. What in the name of Christ is this cryptid (laughs) sighting? (laughs) Ah, he's so round! (laughs) It doesn't appear to have any dots, or it's just that low quality. That's a low poly... Mr. Blobby, like he's outside of the immediate game world, and so he's not getting—he's got any dedicated resources. It's the Blobby that, you, that you're able to photograph whilst hunting for the Sasquatch. I think that's the yeah. best image of the whole camera reel that you bring home. Oh my god! Oh god! It, for for those at home, it is just a Blobby in a field, but it's a very far away Blobby, and it's very it's cropped in, really blurry <laughs> and cropped. Oh goodness me! Oh. Right. Sorry, Mikey, what did you say before? Um, should we roll the intro? Yeah, Let's. we should probably do that. Yeah. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Poddy. It's the official... Official. Vidiots. Vidiots. Podcast. Podiots. 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 As our celebrity friends like to say, Podiots. Yeah. Podiots. Podiots. Hello, Podiots. Podiots. It's a conversational Podiots where we take some questions from you at home and obey the law of the three us, where everybody brings a thing along to talk about. I'm Ben. I'm Peter. And I'm Michael. Oh. Michael Johnson, we have a birthday boy in our midst at the time of release. Oh, who could it be? Hello. All oh. right, Peter. Did you have a nice day yesterday in the future? Uh, yeah, I did. I someone gave me a winning lottery ticket, and I'm actually <gasps> leaving Podiots. This is no. my last episode. I'm retiring. Um, so, oh my God, could you at least do a big pod squad before you go? Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's fine. He's going to run off with all the pod squad in a briefcase and a blobby copter and a flee to Panama. <laughs> to the hella blob tower. Yeah, those are my birthday plans anyway. We'll see if they come to fruition. But uh, yeah, winning lottery ticket. That's what I'd like, please. Uh, okay, well, I'm manifesting anyone's. it for you. I hope it, I hope it happens. So yeah. your birthday wish is to not have to do podiots anymore. That's right. <laughs> yeah, specifically. I carry on <laughs> everything else that I do. Just not podiots. He's so tired. <laughs> Just can't do it anymore. But you're going somewhere... Well, actually, no, you probably don't want to say where you're going. But you've got nice holiday plans, haven't you? <laughs> I have got nice holiday plans. I'm going away somewhere in the UK um, to somewhere nice, doing nice things. So, yeah, I'll be... Uh, I'll have had a nice time already, I'm sure. Mm. Yeah. Good. And Good. Michael Johnson, it's famously not your birthday, but how are you doing? I'm doing good. Famously not my birthday. The people cry out in the streets. Thank God it's not his birthday. He becomes what day a terror. is it today? Well, it's not Michael Johnson's birthday. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. I'm, doing, I'm doing fantastic. Four-day four day bumper bank holiday weekend, boys. Americans yeah. get nothing. We're living at large over here with our, our crumbling economic crises and everything else going to crap. But we've got four days in the sun, boys. So it's all yes. going to be okay. The sun? That's a bit optimistic. Yeah, the sun. <laughs> Yeah. Do Americans not get any time off at Easter? I don't. don't I, no. 
I feel like, oh God, is here, here we go, British person talking out their ass, but I feel like Americans get like such minimal holiday days. Yeah, like, I guess they don't really get public holidays, do they? Fourth of July, is that count? I've got a list here. We've got New Year's Day, right? Good. We've got uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day in January, oh. President's Day, February, Memorial Day, the end of May, uh, Independence Day, boo, boo, Ooh. in July. And uh, Labor Day in September. There's probably a few more as well. But those are the ones that are coming up. Nothing for Easter, it seems. Ah, Heathens. They don't care that Jesus died. We all go to church. Yeah. Every single day to uh, celebrate Jesuits and all he did for us. My personal church is the chocolate egg aisle in Tesco. And I plan to (laughs) decimate that thing in his honor. Have Have you discovered any good vegan eggs, Mikey? The th- thing is about eggs is like chocolate eggs of any variety <laughs> kind of taste is that good. The start of your stand-up routine. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing about eggs. Let me What's talk the about deal? Just talk eggs. about eggs, please. <laughs> but it's like it's like Christmas chocolate, Easter chocolate. Well, unless you get a Cadbury one, it's all a bit crap. But you enjoy yeah. it because it's it's in a fun eggy shape. Yeah, it is. I like to headbutt them. It's <laughs> That's the thing. Like you could. Anyone could just go to the supermarket and buy themselves a massive bar of chocolate all year round. But it is way more satisfying to have a hollow piece of chocolate that you can smash and then eat. Yes. Do you, yes. Do you both have favourite ways of demolishing? Ben, do you actually use your head? I could see that. I want that. Real, yeah, every single time. I like to keep my chocolate in the fridge anyway. So it presents a genuine challenge sometimes depending on... Because you know sometimes in the Easter egg forging process, there's like an occasional thick bit. You yeah. Know, like a really chunky bit. If that is in the wrong part, it can really bolster the structural integrity of the egg, which makes headbutting it quite a challenge. Mm. Um, but yes, I do, in the foil, like to headbutt it. Sometimes I... There was one time where I was in bed, really decadent, about to have an Easter egg, headbutted it, and it exploded dust out of the foil and all over the pillow. <laughs> so I was just covered in chocolate dust. Wasn't it Easter oh. eggs that when you worked at the service station, you went around and just punched a few eggs so that they would be <laughs> labelled as wastage and you would get to take them that home is, for free? That's true. Well, I, I couldn't take them home for free. I used to do this with Percy Pigs, where right. I would, when Rip hanging them on the shelves... I wouldn't punch the Percy pigs, but they they had a really weak you know the you know the sort of the hollowed out bit at the top of the packaging where it hangs on the hook. Yeah, yeah. the stru- structural integrity of those was often not very good. So sometimes I'd push a little too hard mm. and rip the bag, and sometimes I would just rip the bag, and they would sit by the sink out the back. And I did the same thing for Easter eggs where, yes, occasionally I would punch them in the morning and shatter them a bit. And then, oh, no, some wastage. So it goes and sits by the sink and waits to be written off and then disposed of. But every single time I walked past, I would take increasingly larger amounts of whatever food item it was until there wasn't much left. (laughs) What's the statute of limitations again? Are you going to get yourself put in prison here, Ben? The statute (laughs) of limitations is pay me more than minimum wage. Yeah. Uh, And the Percy pigs won't get hit. Exactly. I think M&S were fine. Yeah. They'll be all right. Yeah, they're still going, so you can't admit that much of a dent. Yeah, absolutely. Peter, do you have a way that you eat your eggs? I like to punch... Punch an egg. I don't headbutt, but yeah, I'll I'll give him a punch. And there are some pretty good um, free from eggs. White chocolate, I find, um, is quite good. At, you know, even if you have like dairy free, uh, and and often when you go for it, if you just want a dairy free something, you end up having to get the everything free uh, yeah. chocolate because they don't do individual stuff. So it's like gluten free and something else free, but. They're actually just fine. Tastes like pretty decent white chocolate, relatively speaking. But yeah. 
Good. Nice. Punch some, punch some chocolate. Happy Easter weekend just gone, everybody. We hope you got some eggs or just had a nice time sat in your pants. Yeah. Which we can all, which we can all hope to do. Let's egg, segue, let's eggway. Thank you. There is. Let's eggway into podiots.com. If you go there and donate three pounds or more, you'll get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show. You'll support us, and you will, of course, join Pod Squad. We like the rude names. There is a limit. Sometimes we have to refund them. You know who you are this week. Behave. <laughs> sit, sit in the naughty corner for a bit. Precisely, Mikey. Do you want to kick us off? Oh, I'd absolutely love to. We begin with Little Bitty Kitty Committee, uh, Katie Consolo, who was supremely generous, oh. and they say, oh. they say, hey boys, I don't mean to be a downer, but when my father passed away on New Year's, Podiots and Triple Jump really helped me get through it. Even though I can't make live streams, I love watching the VODs. You all are amazing. No, Katie Kins, you are. Oh, Thank awesome. you. So well, sorry for your loss. Yeah. Sorry, okay. Thank you for your kind words, and it's uh, good to have been able to Officer, a, what little solace we could, given that you're such a regular donor, if nothing else, as well yes. as a long-time viewer and listener. Yeah, Thank you so much. of everything we do. Hope you're yeah. okay. Mm, Let's go, yeah. Katie. All Thank you. All the best. We continue with Big Titty Jesus 42, Raindrop Joy. Um, we have a birthday message for Connor, Mr. Milk, uh, your Mr. partner, Milk. sent sent in a little happy birthday to you from Lisa. Oh, keys, keys. Hope you have a wonderful Ooh, birthday. Keys, keys. Happy birthday, Mr. Happy birthday. Milk. Happy birthday. Uh, the generous listen to Mort... Mort... What is that word? Mort music? Mort music? What is... How do you Mort pronounce that... Music. <laughs> oh, with a line through it. Is it m- m- moot, 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 Listen to M all with a line through it. To music, <laughs> to God. music, to me. Listen to to music. <laughs> this one comes from Bradley, long-term fan, first-time donator. Make sure you support the vidiots. Listen to my band's music. Love you. Bye. Cheers. Well, we'll try and Google Thank it. You. Thank you. Yeah, I hope we yeah. pronounced it right. <laughs> Cheers, thank you. Uh, we continue with Lord Brotovich and Donak07. Uh, we've also got Blobby's Throbbing Ovipositor. Oh. Uh, creamy Muck Muck. X Walchuk X, I think. Just Alexa this week. Pete and Mike in the bungalow. Bengalow. Bengalo, Pete, hey. Pete and Mike in Da Bengalo. All right, yeah, that's all three of us. I thought it was me and Mike from Tracy Beaker. Who, <laughs> the photo that <laughs> I Not your friend Michael Johnson. No, nah. just me and Mike in the bungalow. So neither of you two were involved, but sure, all right. Um, uh, Ainsley Harriet is there. We've got Savory Caroline, Dun Dun Dun, and Mr. Masturbator. Finally, we have Dick, your dumb, hang on, Dick, your dom in da bumgalow, uh, Ben's relatable anxiety, Jack, I had a few people talk to me after that, actually, including our editor, Kieran, from Triple Jump, saying, I felt exactly the same way when I went and met a member of the, the Southampton Saints football team, yeah. where he, he felt kind of embarrassed by his choice of words and then uh, sort of thought about it for... yeah. Obsessed yeah. over it for a little while afterwards. That's all fine. Anyway, uh, Jacko Mac forty three, <laughs> Yuck Foo Weddy Feber four twenty, John Tickle made me go hmm. 
Who's John Tickle again? Is Brainiac, the science program, um, things that make you go, hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> John Tickle. I about that. John Tickle. I don't think he was even a scientist, was he? He was just a dude. <laughs> Holden Hiscock. Very good. Mm. Anita Dick. Very nice. And Blobek Blobitzer. Thank you very much, Pod Squad. Uh, Podiots.com. Three pounds or more to support us and get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the next episode of Podiots. Do you guys have a favourite? I think I was taken by surprise by John Tickle made me go. <laughs> yeah, me too. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always a fan of seeing John Tickle pop up. So, yeah. <laughs> my favourite Mr. Well. Man. <laughs> uh, Peter, are you the question man? I am the question man today, and I've got a question here that was submitted by Alexa Simpson at AA Simpson with no O uh, on Twitter. Remember, everyone, you can submit questions uh, every fortnight on the Vidiot's official Twitter account. Uh, with the weather starting to improve, although it'll no doubt be raining when the podcast goes out, what are you boys looking forward to this summer? I thought that was a nice question. That's oh, a lovely question. Yeah. That is lovely. yeah. Um, have you guys got summer plans? Are you going anywhere? Are you staying? Are you are you doing anything exciting? Yeah, I've got some plans. Oh. I've got I've got big plans. Just you wait. You won't believe the plans that I've got. <laughs> You'll blow your blow your fucking mind. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go on holiday for mm-hmm. my birthday next month. It's not. It's technically not summer. I don't think. Um, but I'm going to France. Oh. I'm very excited. Ooh la la. Going to stay in the le countryside. Um, and there's going to be a swimming pool and I'm going to sit there and hopefully the weather is going to be nicer than it is here and I am extremely excited for that because it feels like for the past few weeks the, the my main small talk point with everyone has been God, a year ago it was lovely like this time last year <laughs> yeah. I was able to sit outside in the sun and read a book this year has been fucking miserable right am I right am I right uh, I'm just ready water cooler ready. talk <laughs> yeah I'm just ready for a little bit of warmth yeah mm. I'm very excited for it to be nighttime and not be dark <laughs> look at it it's light outside and it's half seven yeah oh. I've been enjoying that that's, that's great being employed boys means we get to spend all of our daytimes inside so yeah, boy. now we yeah. finally get to enjoy a little bit of sunshine from our from our desks i don't know i don't think i've got any big plans this summer i would like to go away somewhere but we'll see what happens with that i think i'm just gonna i think my goal this summer is to spend as little time in the house as possible mm-hmm. um, hoping to get to like at most four hours a day quick cat nap and then bam straight back out uh, we, I think I'm going somewhere. I don't know quite where. Um, we'd like to go abroad, um, either to Germany, maybe. I've never been to Berlin, and neither has Amy. Uh, or we might go around Italy and do like go to Venice and Rome and a few places like that. Thing is, Rome in the middle of summer is not actually the place to be. So that might be an autumn place to go. But um, uh, Ashton Matthews, our co-presenter at Triple Jump, recently went to Venice and had a great time. Um, and said, surprisingly, the water uh, looked not too stinky and wasn't stinky in the air, which, I mean, before she went, Ben and I really set her up for (laughs) it's going to be smelly, Um, and she was pleasantly surprised. Enjoy the poo swamp city, we said. You'll have a crap time. We don't like you, really, is what we said. Yeah, I said to her, uh, I'm fortunate enough to have been twice, actually, but uh, one of the times I went... I saw on two different occasions dead pigeons floating in the water, which was nice. nice. Oh, 
Yeah. A bit oh. of flavour for the broth. Mmm. Yum yum. Venice soup. <laughs> Delicious. So uh, yeah, I'll probably go go abroad somewhere, perhaps. Um, but I don't know. I don't have specific plans. Not really sure why I brought this question because I certainly don't have anything uh, nailed down in the calendar. Last thing I wrote in the calendar that was anything to do with summer was just when uh, we might have our next D and D session. Ben, yes, that's the only yeah. plan I've made. I think we're D and D boys now, Michael. Yeah, oh my God, I've heard, I've heard. Look at we, you. That's good. We played that's it. one no, that's whole it. That's like session. A- well, that's it'll turn into like a five-year commitment where every week you're doing it because that, that's how D and D works, right? It's just like it's a small chunk of your life for a long time, and then one day your character dies, and it's very sad. Yeah. Oh. Well, this is the thing. I didn't expect us to be necessarily doing a second session. Like, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised, but I thought the first session was just like kind of a practice for us to get to grips with the whole idea because mm. ultimately we would like to do a D&D video on Triple Jump as a bit of a milestone celebration. So I thought we were going to have this little practice thing, get a taste for it, and then say, yes, we will do that video. And then that would be it. But, like, just out of nowhere, there was a message saying, right, session two is on this day. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. That's yeah, my nice. summer plan. One session of D&D. One D&D session. We don't normally... We don't get to hang out together outside of work as, like, a team, a Triple Jump, uh, hugely often. So... Uh, with with certain team members working remotely, etc. So we'll probably end up playing D and D about as regularly as we can get together, which is yeah. <laughs> two or three times a year. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll do a live stream on Vidiots together over the summer. That yeah. might be nice. Ooh. Do another big live stream. Um, let's. I'm trying to think what else is got. I might. I might be moving this summer. That's something oh, that could happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty exciting. Got some, got some things in the works. It's a, I tell, I'm telling you, man, my plans. You don't even oh, know. White boy summer coming up. Watch White out. boy summer. Yeah. It's going to be pink boy summer if we do it right. Am I right, boys? <laughs> oh, hey, indeed. I've got to make a garden at my house Whoa. in the summer. Actually, so that's something else I'm doing. Wow. Um, just. Don't know just what. like just like Animal Crossing, you tear up, you dig up a little bit, put some water around, bam, you got yourself a garden. Bam. Yeah, I think that's how it works. Um, so whether I'm going to be like unrolling turf or pouring gravel or building shed, I don't quite know. But yeah, I'm can you get some now. of that magic? The, when I when you say shed, I immediately thought of that Mr. Blobby episode where he paints a shed and he's got this amazing paint where as he paints it, it's it's pink and has yellow bits already on it. And I've oh. always wondered how they did that and how such a paint could exist because it showed you the inside of the can and it was pink with a big yellow <laughs> like <laughs> circle in the middle of it. And I have just realized that they probably painted it green, right? Yeah. And they just superimposed it. Out. They just keyed it out for the, for the... But it looked so realistic. It was on a VHS tape, to be fair. It probably didn't look that realistic. <laughs> I just want it's that not- paint to be real. Well, I'll let you know when I'm painting my shed. Um, I'll go okay. to B&Q, buy a, buy a tin of the pink and yellow, and I'll let you know how it comes out. Please do. Green. <laughs> <laughs> it's green. Uh, who would like to do a thing? I could do my thing. <laughs> he says like an old-timey villain. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I could do my thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm happy to do mine. I come with a tale of uh, trash TV at its very, very best or worst. You be the judge. Mm-hmm. It's been years since 
OJ Simpson. Oh boy. Good. Uh, okay. <laughs> Five words in. Oh no, it's already happening. I'm going to guess at its worst. That's my guess. Yeah, I think you're right. It's been years since OJ Simpson riveted the attention of nearly 150 million Americans to their TV screens as they witnessed the acquittal of the murders of his ex wife, Nicole Simpson, and Ronald Goldman after the trial of the century inadvertently made him the biggest TV star of all time i wasn't around much for the actual trial i think i was busy pooping my pants and doing baby stuff but Sick, um it's cool yeah it's cool it's cool but it's undeniable uh yes this trial did leave a bit of a cultural wave um i think to this day oj simpson's still a name that instills fear because the man murdered people <laughs> but by now the dust is settled for the most part Though memories of the trial still linger and the mere mention of the former NFL star's name still kicks up a tornado of passions, but it's time to bring him back to the TV screen. Let's whip past back to 2006. Truly the height of culture. Mm. Yes, 2006 is when the greatest, most offensive, most mystifying, and must-watch reality TV show the past decade came to fruition. A hidden camera prank show starring O.J. Simpson called Juiced. Oh, boy. Right. Oh, no. So this is punked. Um, the Ashton Kutcher show, it's, it's your typical prank show affair. It's the same format for every prank show. No matter how you, you, you frame it, this time it's just got a murder at the helm. Great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair. That's what, <laughs> that is true. It's the USP. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, and yeah, th- this came out at a time when 78% of Americans believed he probably or definitely was guilty of the crimes. Okay. This, this is the most notorious man in America going undercover at a fast food restaurant and pretending to mess up people's orders, cheekily chirping, you've been juiced! No. Uh, back at them. Mm, fun, great. Uh, so Juiced was a one-time special airing pay-per-view that was um, then repurposed for a special edition DVD after the fact. Uh, the website hosting it still exists to this day. Um, you can visit it at ojsimpson.com. Um, but I think, yeah, as of right now, the website's changed from when this article was written. Now it's just a very ominous picture of OJ Simpson with red text coming soon emblazoned on it, oh. rather than some nice information about the DVD. So that's a spooky surprise. But if we were to look at the website back in those days, you'd see emblazoned in big text, a uh, key tagline was, no one is safe because the juice is loose. <laughs> that's a bad idea. Mm. Yeah, this is this is yeah, this is it's just untasteful to say the least. Uh, th- implying that you know the murderer is loose again, and now he's yeah. doing funny, wacky TV stuff. Great. Um, so this was produced by the same patron of the arts who shepherded bum fights and backyard wrestling. Do you, are you familiar with either I of those? Remember, I never watched bum fights, but I remember it being parodied in various cartoons, like yeah. American cartoons and stuff. I've heard of bum fights. I don't even yeah. know. Is it really? Did they just get a couple of homeless people to fight each other? Is that actually what it is? <laughs> Pretty much, it is um, exploitation cinema at its very worst. Is exa- exactly what it says in the tin. It's um, yeah, it's not good. So the man behind all this clearly has some weird intentions. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, bum fights and all that would be usually uh, a crowning achievement in someone's career, but um, 
No, he thought he'd, he'd go one better and get O.J. Simpson on it. Again, the, the premise is pretty simple. Uh, it's your typical hidden camera show. Simpson would infiltrate some establishments, sometimes in disguise, sometimes not, ne- uh, needling customers to their breaking point before shouting, you've been juiced in their faces. As Harmon Leon, who played Simpson's sidekick on the show, rel- he relates uh, the typical chronology of an episode. A prank is pulled. O.J. Simpson pops out and goes, you've been juiced. At which point, the person pranked goes, hey, aren't you that guy who murdered those people? Your wife and the other guy, right? Um, and yeah, I don't really know what they were expecting when they're getting into us. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Leon, uh, who was the co-star, gained some notoriety when he wrote a column for Vice a couple of years ago about the experience of making the show. And um, you would be surprised to hear that even behind the scenes, it was a total shit show. Um, On the first day of production, Leon was sternly warned by his producer, you know, Harmon, we can't really mention the murders. (laughs) 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 Um, So, yeah, obviously, maybe maybe not a good idea to bring that up. he recounts how abysmal O.J. Simpson was at improv, a key talent for the star of a hidden camera TV show. It's hysterical. About as hysterical, his, his relection of how most of the innocent victims reacted to Simpson is horrifying. So he, he the, Leon went into this thinking, oh, like, this is going to be bad because people are going to be scared, you know? Like, there's going to be outraged people, people freaking out when they come face-to-face with murderer O.J. Simpson. Um, it turns out it was actually the most ni- mind-numbing part of the whole two-peak two-week production was that people were actually quite excited and thrilled to find out they'd been juiced by OJ. Oh, really? (laughs) Great, thanks, lovely. Um, Another key line is that OJ was completely shit-faced, presumably for the entire production. (laughs) God, good. Um, But really, the glory is in watching this beautiful, shameful disaster, this pinnacle of trash TV, this treasure that is juiced. And in true... I guess early mid two thousands fashion. It opens with a rap video. Oh, oh. hell yeah! Uh, it depicts OJ Simpson dressed like a pimp, surrounded by topless dancers who gyrate all over him. He spits lyrics. Don't you know there's no stopping the juice when I'm on the floor like a lion on the loose? Better shoot me with a tranquilizer dart. So I'm fully leaning into the character here. And here comes a fart, right? Yeah, that'd be my rendition. Yeah. In the first sketch of the show, Simpson, Simpson pretends to work at a drive through window of a fast food joint, and all hijinks ensue. He takes a sip from a drink before giving it to a customer to make sure there's enough ice in it. Oh, <laughs> what a card. Mm-hmm. He asks an overweight woman if she's sure she wants fries. Get oh. it? Because she's fat. Oh, good. Hey. Uh, and there's one bit where he bullies an employee and says, oh, so charmingly, I think he's an arsler. You've been oh. juiced. Oh, That's um, the, the, the the bad R word, the one that begins with R, not ends oh, with R. Arsler. Oh, oh. I thought you called him an arsler. And I was like, yeah, arsler. what's an arsler? arsler? <laughs> no, he's just using good old, good old fashioned, terrible, terrible language. Oh. Uh, and through it all, he tells people who have been juiced that he's the guy from movies like Naked Gun or from the football field. Yes, OJ, that's exactly what they know you from now. (laughs) (laughs) But it's all a warm-up for what is the show's most excellent and most shocking bit. Simpson goes to a used car lot in Las Vegas and attempts to sell a used white Bronco. 
the car that was used in his famous uh, escape and chase. <laughs> Um, so he goes to this dealership with a white Bronco. There's a bullet hole in it. He autographs oh the Bronco gosh. right above the bullet hole. And he pitches uh, trying to sell the car to prospective customers with things like, I can guarantee guarantee this car has escapability, he says. Yeah. And if you ever get in trouble and have to get away, this car can definitely do the job. Why are they um, leaning into it? Like... It- <laughs> I, because I it's the man who made bum fights. He's got no morals. Well, yeah. I came into this thinking that like they, they'd picked OJ for for whatever reason. They just thought he would be good at the job. Not like, oh, let's specifically pick that guy who did the murder and do jokes about the murder. Like, I thought yeah. it would be more incidental than that. But no, like that's it's, why he was chosen. Yeah, literally it was like, oh, people might get shocked by this. That's a selling point. Let's yeah. do it. Oh. Deary me. Um, but that's pretty, I mean, you can find it online. I do recommend giving it a watch. It's a wholly uncomfortable experience, but it's the very least a relic of a bygone era. Wow. Um, that sort so of MTV, check- there's, there's yeah. no limits kind of shock value television. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. It's great. It's, it's really good. It's really, really valuable to society to have a murderer making jokes and laughing at people on TV. Thanks. Thanks. Bum fights, man. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Bum fights, man. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah, that's juiced. Um, absolutely horrifying. <laughs> but horrifying's me specialty, right? <laughs> well, thank, thank you, Michael. Michael. I've yeah, just it's pretty Googled. horrifying. You've been juiced, and uh, the screenshots are not good. And uh, there's there's a classic. I'm going to put it in the chat now. You guys are going to laugh your asses off when you see this. This is really good. This is a really oh. good one. Oh. oh! Fucking got you, didn't I? Can you describe that, Ben? It's, the there's there's a biohazard symbol at the top, and then it says, "Keep calm, you've been juiced." Oh. And then uh. the annoyingly non-committal two exclamation marks. I hate that. Either yeah. do one or do three. <laughs> two just looks really weird. Oh man, I did not miss the days of keep calm and carry on being bloody everywhere. <laughs> keep calm and drink gin. <laughs> hey. <Whoa>. hey. <laughs> Oh dear! Brilliant. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. Um, I've got a question here from Caleb at CC Crouch on Twitter. Uh, the first part of Caleb's tweet is a perfectly reasonable question. Uh, <laughs> if anything, almost—I mean, it's not too vanilla. But the reason I brought along this question is what Caleb follows up with, which is, frankly, Caleb, absolutely insane um so caleb asks do any of you guys have a sleep mix you fall asleep to that's the question caleb follows that with i currently play wellerman diggy diggy hole and big (laughs) iron on a loop oh my god (laughs) that can't be true caleb you've just put that to get this exact rise out of me do you mean Big Iron as in, he's got a big iron on his hip? Yeah. Big iron on his hip. This is a man who paces his room every night and <laughs> scrapes numbers into the wall, and scrolls yeah. in his own poo. Uh, and Wellerman, of course, is the uh, the sea shanty song, uh, I believe. And Diggy yeah. Diggy Hole, we're aware of, through York's cast. Those three songs just looping over and over again. <laughs> They're definitely just going to send you right off into the land of Nod, yeah. for sure. It's not torture. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's self-inflicted. It's fine. Oh, Insanity. Uh, well, to may- the point may- that I, I doubt that it's even true, but it it could be. Oh, man. 
We need to give give this person some new suggestions to yeah. try and save them from his hellhole they've created for themselves. <laughs> I'm not much of a music man when I'm trying to sleep, though. I find music very distracting. Um, but on the contrary, talking seems to be totally fine. I can f- <laughs> fall asleep to talking, but not music. Mm. I uh, I don't specifically listen to anything for myself, but Amy does listen to true crime podcasts, so I do nod off to the sound of, uh, you know... Her body was That's bound by three pieces. <laughs> yeah, um, which is you know it's lovely. It does sound um, nice. Yeah. Oh god, That's, is that better or worse than what the other guys listening to? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, apparently it's like it. It's almost a. There's a certain corner of TikTok that that's actually just a, a kind of a joke that, like, I've seen jokey video clips where it's like, Pav. Your your boyfriend is trying to sleep or whatever, and it's the exactly the same story, which is that the girl is listening to murder podcasts and the guy is just trying to get off to sleep. It's like a common thing, seemingly uh, the world <laughs> over. So, oh yeah. dear, these poor true crime husbands. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's it. Um, hey, you Ben. I, I don't listen to anything to to sort of send me off to sleep. I used to for the longest time, actually. And we're talking maybe close to a decade ago now. Just as a comfort thing, I would have a playlist of Family Guy and American Dad episodes saved to my PS3, which was in my room. And I used to just stick that on and fall asleep watching it on very, very low volume. And <laughs> that would be my nightly ritual. Uh, now though when I'm ready to go to bed I just turn everything off and then try to go to sleep but if I can't go to sleep maybe I'll go on my phone for a bit or stick some YouTube on or something like that but I very rarely fall asleep watching or listening to anything I think I've also fallen asleep to more episodes of Family Guy than I can count it's, uh, <laughs> I think everyone, everyone had that had that phase where Family Guy was their lives and uh, Hello, I'm Wheels, the Dungeon Master for Storybreakers. Love critical role in movies like Hot Fuzz and Spotlight? Actual play series Storybreakers combines the fantasy adventure of Dungeons & Dragons with small-town comedy and mystery in an episodic tale of journalists on the hunt for the secret underbelly of a tiny town where nothing seems to happen. But excuse me if I don't think a bunch of ragtag journalists from a podunk town are actually going to be of any help. But technically, I don't come from here. When the mysterious arrival of a celebrity from the Heroes and Adventurers Guild sets off a strange conspiracy, the group will have to leave what they think they know about the world at the door, if they're ever to unravel the truth at the heart of this seemingly nondescript town. It's not front page of the Sasai Star I pull up the, the today's, like, installment of the news to see what the front page actually is. There's a big picture of a pumpkin that's been stepped on, and it says, Outrage as pumpkin stepped on. <laughs> Storybreaker Season 1 in its entirety is available for listening right now wherever you get your podcasts. With Season 2 on the way. Find out more at dicebreaker.com. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a video somewhere, like, um, on the olden days of my YouTube. It's probably unlisted and deleted now, but it was... um a video of my clock going over to midnight and making it Christmas Day in the background. You can just hear Family Guy on the TV. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, of course you were up at midnight on Christmas Eve. Watching I don't think the clock tick. Oh, I've, I've, always, I've always, I always, well, I used to get very excited for Christmas. I, I used to always wake, stay, stay up and watch the clock tick and get all excited. Oh. But Mikey, he won't come if you're not he asleep. Won't. Won't. <laughs> well, I proved that wrong, didn't I? <laughs> 
Yeah. I um this doesn't normally happen actually, so this isn't like the reason I don't listen to stuff, but I uh listened to a podcast as I fell asleep a couple of months ago, which is something I very rarely do. But um after it ended, it was like cycling through like related podcasts and like, you know, it was like just playing this rabbit hole as I slept. And I then had a nightmare that night um, about I was on like this Native American reserve and there was some sort of like Wendigo kind of monster thing. And like it was like I could kind of hear narration about the ghosts of these Native American people who had been like really brutally killed. And it was like described in like really horrible detail in my dream. Um, but then when I woke up and I'd, I'd had this nightmare, I was like, oh my God, what was I listening to last night? I cycled through and like nothing relating to Native American murder or or anything had been on there. So I must have just been picking up the occasional word in my ear and then like filling in the blanks. Wow. Uh, and that, somehow I came up with this like, I, I had this like deep fear in me. I was like scared that the monster was going to come and like do something really horrible to me. Um yeah. <laughs> But that's Cute. not what had cycled around at all. It was just kind of, yeah, some sort of, I don't know. I don't know how that happened. But I did blame the podcast, whatever yeah. it was. You just need to watch um, more Family Guy, Peter, before bed. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. Have you ever tried, um, like, white noise and stuff? People, I, it's, it's like people's go-to thing, just static. But yeah. to me, oh. it just feels like I'm a nightmare robot CIA agent. This is my wake-up noise. <laughs> like yeah. I'm being programmed. I'll wake up tomorrow, another man. I've no, never been able to stick with it. It's also just not relaxing. It's ugh, horrible. No. Well, okay. In no. which case, yes, I do have something I listen to when I go to bed. And that's a fan. I always have a fan on. Oh, yeah. oh, that is that's nice fan. static noise, and mm. uh, I'm I can go to sleep without it, no problem at all. But there's just something comforting about there being some bass level noise and a nice little breeze. Mm. Have it on all through yeah. the winter as well. Not very energy, you know, conscious, but it's I found it very comforting. Well, got, got happy comforts yeah. in life, you're allowed it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, there you go. There's some ideas. So stop listening to listening to <laughs> Wellerman <laughs> Diggy Diggy Hole. And what was it? Big Iron. <laughs> the love of God. How did, uh, you, how did you get to those songs, please? I want to <laughs> reply to the thread when you hear this. I want to know what, what happened to those you. Those three specific unrelated songs on a loop all night. <laughs> it's insane, Caleb. Best of luck to you. Best of luck. <laughs> uh, ben, would you like to go next or third? Uh, I, could, I could go next. Please do. Get ready, everybody, because it's time for another round of Is It The Onion or Is It Not The Onion? Oh. Uh-oh. I have a selection of five headlines. Some of them might be real. Some of them might be from satirical news website The Onion. It's up to you two to decide which is which. Are you ready? Yes. I'm yes. going to go through each of them first and then I'll go through them again and you can tell me if you think they're real or onion. Here we go. Up first. Allergists recommend allergy sufferers retreat underground to form pollen-free cave-dwelling society. Mm. Mm. Next up. YouTuber shot at Virginia Mall food court while filming prank. Says he'll keep pranking after recovery. Oh, God. (laughs) Brilliant. Monopoly game ends in samurai sword fight with man said to be fighting for his life. Oh. oh, God. 
Chinese colleges are giving students a week off to fall in love as the country struggles to keep its birth rate up. Mm. And finally, beloved children's mascot says no way to Brexit. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I take it that's not a contemporary story. That one is not a contemporary story, no. Uh, whether it's true or not, whether it's onion or news. It um, is. I've reached okay. into the vault for that one for mm, the sake of some diversity. Uh, are you guys ready to guess which is real and which yes. isn't as I go through? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, first up, allergists recommend allergy sufferers retreat underground to form pollen-free cave-dwelling society. Uh, I mean, it would work, hypothetically, while everyone's <laughs> under there, but surely, like... After a couple of generations of people, they're only going to like breed in the genes that make them allergy sufferers. So if they ever want to emerge, they're going to be even weaker. <laughs> yeah. This, if you'd said that, like, if the story was a, an experimental society, you know, they, they, this was being tested as an idea, I might go for it. But like, it just being recommended advice seems, <laughs> seems uh, strange. I'm going to say the onion. I'm going to go onion too. It is the onion. Calling the measure the only way to prevent serious symptoms, the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma and Immunology issued a report Thursday recommending that allergy sufferers retreat underground to form a pollen-free cave-dwelling society. Uh, It says freedom from pain, freedom from pollen, freedom from itching and sneezing and coughing lies closer than you think, for it is right beneath our feet. Uh, That's not real. Next up. YouTuber shot at Virginia Mall food court while filming prank says he'll keep pranking after recovery. This sounds all too real to me. I thought we'd let. I thought YouTube had moved on from the whole pranking thing, but maybe not. It's, it seems like a relic from a bygone era to the point where even after being shot, these people can't stop. It's a real problem. Someone get these people some help. Ah, oh, I'm gonna say. Oh, it's that second line that makes it hard. That he plans to to strike again. I'm gonna I'm gonna go onion. Peter, uh, I'm saying real, real. Okay, it's real. A 21 year old oh. YouTuber was shot at a mall in Virginia by a man he reportedly tried to prank for a video. Tanner Cook, who runs a smaller but growing YouTube channel called Classified Goons, feel free to look that up if you guys want, uh, was shot in his abdomen at the mall's food court on Sunday morning, according to NBC News. I was playing a prank and a simple practical joke, and this guy can't take it very well, Cook reportedly said after undergoing surgery for his wounds. Oh, God. Jeez, um, Does it say what the prank was? I'm going to try and find out for you. Uh, All I did was pull a gun on the guy, and he shot me. He can't take a joke. It's a prank, bro. Come on. It's just a prank, bro. Um, let's see. It's, they've got 40,000 subs on classified goons. Not worth taking mm-hmm. a bullet for. No. Um, the we YouTube should know. Pranks... We got 40,000 subs and then took a bullet. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> and look at us now. Yeah. Okay, it doesn't actually say what he did, but uh, the YouTube prankster channel has videos showing the classified goons attempting to take rackets from tennis players, pretending to vomit on Uber drivers, and asking strangers to play Naked Twister. This sounds awful. I'm kind of yeah, glad he was shot. I'm I'm happy yeah. he's alive, but a bullet might teach him a lesson, maybe. Well, yeah. apparently not. It's going to be bad. No. It's going to be worse now. I'm I'm invincible. <laughs> Bulletproof. <laughs> Next up, Monopoly game ends in samurai sword fight with man said to be fighting for his life. (laughs) I mean, I hate Monopoly enough to think that this could be real. If I had a samurai sword in my house, this would definitely have been a true story because it would have happened already. 
Um, it's only a mercy that I'm not equipped. I'm going to say real. I think real as well. I can so see someone in like a fit of rage reaching for the decorative samurai sword in the living room <laughs> and just raising hell. So yeah, real. It is real. Oh, According God. to reports, a game of Monopoly turned into a samurai sword fight in Brussels. The incident reportedly occurred in the forest neighbourhood of the Belgian capital at approximately 5am on Sunday. Uh, this article is from the 6th of April this year. Who's playing Monopoly at 5am on a Sunday? People that's, who want to get in a samurai sword fight. Two people who own... Like, that implies that there were two people with swords if it was a samurai sword fight. The Venn True. diagram of people playing, people playing <laughs> Monopoly at 5am in Brussels and people who have samurai swords it's just a circle it's a, circle. It's it's a, circle. a perfect circle uh, residents became irritated by four individuals playing the board game on the pavement outside their home and an argument ensued when a man emerged from his house apparently brandishing a stick the argument escalated when the resident's son appeared with a Japanese samurai sword in its holster uh, oh my god holster? is that the right word? I don't, I don't know maybe, <laughs> who knows, it's real though Oh, wow. Uh, next up, Chinese colleges are giving students... Wait, no, sorry, can we go back again? Go on. What's up? <laughs> they were playing Monopoly outside yeah. on the pavement at 5am. 5am, yes. and they were told to stop repeatedly. During you the ensuing yeah. altercation, the katana sword, they've really busted out the thesaurus here, haven't they, uh, became visible <laughs> when one of the Monopoly players removed the sheath, according to La Libre, uh, or La Libra, probably. Uh, the player tried to grab the katana and removed the holster. The son tried to get it back, said the police. It is believed that both the son and one of the Monopoly players were wounded by the blade. Two men were taken to hospital and both were apprehended. Amazing. Yeah, so there we are. Hope someone's got a get-out-of-jail-free card. <laughs> well, after the confrontation, the street where the group had played the game was left stained with large patches of blood and scattered with Monopoly cards. Oh, no. Bloody hell. <laughs> uh, next up, penultimate one here. Chinese colleges are giving students a week off to fall in love as the country struggles to keep its birth rate up. Hmm. It sounds like it could be real. I mean, it probably is. Yeah. I thought, I didn't realise their birth rate was low. I know like I think Japan. Yeah, Japan's is, they've got a very they've got an aging population, haven't they? Yeah, but I thought China the whole point was you you're only allowed one child and if you want more you have to like pay. I think that's now been reversed. I think right, that's now okay. been reversed. Wow, it sounds like they've really like swung the other way then <laughs> if this is true. Yeah, I'm just going to guess onion. I need you guys to have as few kids as possible. No wait, that's too no, few. No stop. <laughs> you must have more children. Go on a fuck holiday. <laughs> Oh my god! I can't imagine the, the 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 merchandising and promotion around this this week. It'll be it'll be amazing. Discount? No, not discount condoms. I guess you want the opposite of that. You want more kids? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No condoms. Oh, condoms are illegal. Yeah, that's it. Imagine on like day six if you've not yet fallen in love and you're just scratching around desperately trying to find someone. Oh, cringe! Imagine not <laughs> yeah. doing your your sex homework. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine coming into school the next week and not being pregnant. Oh, oh how embarrassing. Embarrassing. Can't believe it. What do you think, Pete? Uh, Michael, sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go real. Okay. I said onion. It is real. It's real. Oh, oh, wow. Nine colleges, and let me clarify, nine vocational colleges. So these are perhaps a, a little more liberal than, than other colleges in China. 
Uh, nine colleges in China say they're giving students a week off to go fall in love in April. They've been asked to keep travel diaries, film videos of their trips and write growth reports. The new theme for these students' spring break comes as China faces plummeting birth and marriage rates. Wow, plummeting birth and marriage rates after you literally had to like have a license for a second child not so long ago. Yeah. I've d- really overdone it there. I know it's been translated, but I think this is quite poetic actually how this how this reads. Walk out of campus, get in touch with nature, and with your heart, feel the beauty of spring, the school said in its statement. Oh, how lovely is that? Sounds nice. nice. Yeah. Fuck holiday. <laughs> spring break. Uh, you ready for your final story? Yes, please. Yeah. Beloved children's mascot says, no way to Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's, who's a vocal political member of the, of the TV kids pantheon? Yeah, Dick and Dom are a bit vocal, not to they bring They were up on again. stage, yeah. Well, they True. were on stage, but they, on, on um, uh, Twitter, they sometimes say stuff about, you know, politics and... D.I. Harry Bat recently quoted, I think in the Newcastle show of all places, shouting, get the Tories out. <laughs> sorry, Peter, it's get the Tories out. Sorry, oot. get the Tories out. Um, but you said singular presenter, so it's not Dick and Dom. Um, no. Mm. Or is it? Uh, well, it could be, yeah. But is it real? Uh, That's the question. Could just be the one of them. Have I told you this story before about uh, Amy and her dad have this running joke where they were once watching... Are you smarter than a 10-year-old? Do you remember that show? Vaguely. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, in America, it's like, are you smarter than a sixth grader or something? Um, and it was normally hosted by Dick and Dom in the UK. But on one occasion, Dom was ill. And uh, so he wasn't there. So uh, Richard McCourt hosted it on his own. And then at the end, when the credits rolled, it just said, presented by Dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> they didn't put his full name. Just presented by Dick. Oh, no. Um, so anyway sorry i'm gonna say r- real i'm gonna say onion i feel like this is like fireman sam's repeating again he's uh, striking yeah, like a french be. fireman off. yeah good lad uh no it's i mean it is it's real but no it's not fireman sam uh the real headline is mr blobby says no to the draft brexit deal <laughs> oh god blobby's blobby. everywhere <laughs> mr blobby says to the Brexit deal. Uh, would you like to hear the article? Because I'm just scanning it, and it's it's a bit of a roller coaster, to be honest. It, uh, okay. We need some context here. I'm not sure it'll help, but okay. go for it. Uh, this is from ITV's website, and it re- very unhelpfully says that this article was published on Thursday, the 22nd of November, but provides no <laughs> date, no year. So I don't know. But if it was regarding the deal rather than Brexit itself, it could have been for the past three years, maybe. Who knows? After invading the loose women control room, Mr. Blobby shared a view or two on Brexit. Brexit is a hot talking point at the moment, as Theresa May insists the Brexit draft agreement is right for the whole of the UK and is within our grasp, the nation is wondering what will happen next. It can be tough to sort the facts from fiction, so who better to get the Brexit lowdown from than Mr. Blobby? Full stop. Are we right? Question mark. It seems that Mr. Blobby isn't one to shy away from a political problem. So when Jane asked him, do you think that if there's a no deal and we slash the 12,651 EU protectionist tariffs, will that result in a loss or a gain to the UK Treasury? His reply was colourful, to say the least. Jane was quick to interpret Bobby's response. She interjected, he says no. 
However, <laughs> Mr. Blobby seemed stumped when asked if Theresa May will still be Prime Minister at Christmas. That Blobby prediction remains to be seen. <laughs> I should have happen? got this because I've seen the image of Mr. Blobby on the Loose Women set and even the banner underneath says Mr. Blobby on Brexit yeah, or something yeah. like Mr. Blobby's <laughs> thoughts on Brexit. I've seen this picture before. Should have got it right. Oh, I think I did get it right, actually. But yeah, I should have known exactly who it was. Oh, my God. I'm just watching. There's a clip here and he walks onto the set and immediately trips over the stage and falls over. Yeah, of course he does. And then he stands up. He's helped to his feet. Uh, He's trying to. Yeah. So basically he says, blobby, 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 blobby. And Jane, who I assume is one of the hosts of Loose Women, then very helpfully interprets what he's saying and just says, yes, he agrees with all of my viewpoints, uh, which is really (laughs) helpful. I'll get the screenshot of Mr. Blobby on Brexit because we can definitely use that uh, for next episode's link, uh, (laughs) a dump that we put on the the thread on Twitter. So yeah, send that over to you now. This is why Brexit is a good thing, right? Yeah, because Oh, there he is. Because, uh, you know, Britain, Britain about... British, Britain for the for Britain. You okay? If if the flipping Europeans, flipping EU, yeah, they have us talking about Tintin or some shit. But no, yeah. we get to have good British national treasure, Mister Blobby, on telly. And if we were still in the EU, this wouldn't be happening. So thank fuck for Brexit. Am I right? You are right. Yeah. Mister Blobby says yes. Yeah, you're correct. Uh, but that's my thing. Good Lord. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Ben. Uh, so it's time for the final question before I do my thing. And this was sent by Rosie, who says, Easter's coming up. What are your thoughts on the phenomenon of alternate hot cross buns? Ooh. And if you had to create one, what flavour would you choose? Now, helpfully, uh, Rosie at Rosie E. Priv on Twitter has even enclosed some example images, which I will now send to you guys in the chat. Here's the first one. These are blueberry and lemon hot cross buns. Ooh. Uh, It gets weirder. This one, not so weird, but perhaps a bit overindulgent. M&S, extremely chocolatey hot cross buns. Um, But then here's one that threw me off. I don't even know if this is sweet or savoury. Waitrose West Country Mature Cheddar and Stout hot cross buns oh that's just silly slow down waitress <laughs> now <laughs> for context for all those of you who don't know what hot cross buns are they're basically they look a bit like bread rolls but the super smash bros logo um <laughs> yeah uh and we have them at easter and they have the cross on them because jesus done died on one of those he did he at was easter time pinned up on a big bun i've actually got the wikipedia article here <laughs> Uh, for what the crucifixion for, for jesus what jesus was pinned up on and it says it just says bun that's it the whole right. oh, wow. a uh, really big bun no it says a hot cross bun is a spiced bun usually made with fruit marked with a cross on the top which has been traditionally eaten on good friday in the united kingdom australia new zealand south africa canada india pakistan malta united states and the commonwealth caribbean uh, they are available all year round in some places including the uk uh, just just a bit more backstory. Apparently, the, the history is a bit up in the air, but the Greeks in the 6th century AD may have marked cakes with a cross. And oh. then one theory is that the contemporary hot cross bun originates from St. Albans in England, where in 1361, brother 
Thomas Hotcross, <laughs> that's what I'm calling him, <laughs> a 14th century monk at St. Alban's Abbey, developed a similar recipe called an Alban bun and distributed the bun to the poor on Good Friday. So, there you go. Ah. Gee, I bought some hot cross buns earlier today. So I'm Did gonna, you? I'm, I haven't had a hot cross bun in ages. Yeah, I quite like them. It's not something I ever buy, but it was there. I was like, oh, you know what? Tis the season. Let, let me have a hot cross bun. Why yeah. not? Well, it's funny. I uh, I had my first hot cross bun in years, uh, only last week uh, on the weekend. So we've between the three of us, we've run the entire spectrum of how recently and how often we have hot cross buns. Do you toast them? Yeah, well, I had this one toasted, yeah. Um, yeah, you've got to, otherwise it's just a slightly sad bit of bread. Oh, see, I don't yeah. mind it. I think you hot cross buns last forever. Isn't there one that's in a museum that's like 150 years old or something? Yeah, I think that's or, right. I wouldn't yeah. recommend bun. eating it, but I do feel like with most bread products, hot cross buns can be eaten not raw but you know what i mean and then if they start to go a bit stale you can toast them and then they're still Mm -hmm. good infinite bread never-ending bread yeah 200 over 200 years old is the oldest hot cross bun is it have you got the photo there can you find it yeah (laughs) it looks looks... is it blue (laughs) what it it looks like a stone oh it does (laughs) look at that oh it's got right it's got a bit of paper next to it written in the most magical flipping Dumbledore handwriting. Yeah, 1807, <laughs> is that what that says on there? Yeah. March so. 27th, 1807. Uh, le- is it Lent <laughs> Friday at the top? Or Feet Friday? I'm not sure. Good Friday, probably. Uh, something Dot, called... Dotmunds. <laughs> Sorry, there's just more story and it. It raises more questions. <laughs> Dotmundson from Wormingford near Colchester said her husband, Andrew, was given the bun about 30 years ago. <laughs> just kept it in a it, cupboard. Yeah, it's a big hard lump, normal hot cross bun size, Mrs. Munson said. Why my husband was given it, we'll never know. Is it Colchester? <laughs> yeah, I can't read the first bit. Something oh, street. Some, no, oh, is it street or fruit? I can't really tell. It is magical mm. handwriting and quite blurry. <laughs> Yeah. Every Easter, we get it out, and we once had a competition on social evening to guess how old it was. Wow, it's got the date in the fucking packaging. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, uh, the th- that is how you pass the time in you know eighteen. Well, many years. Well, no, after. this is this is in the nineties. Right? Yeah. Um, they have not tried to verify the age of the hot cross bun and said they have given up trying to find out further details as Mr. Baker was no longer alive. <laughs> okay. His Mr. bun has outlived him. Oh, no. That's a fitting name. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Baker. Mr. Baker, yeah. Mr. Baker, no, he's good. He's from a long line of bakers. <laughs> oh, i just seen the, the West Country Mature Cheddar and Stout hot cross, hot cross bun that's in there. That's a bit too high concept for me. I think it has to be sweet. That's the thing. Yeah. I don't understand. Do you think that still has the sweet spices that come with it? Like the kind of... Well, people have cheese and grapes, so I suppose maybe it works yeah. for raisins. I don't know. There's something yeah. kind of strange on the actual image. They've like cut it open and put... What is... Because that's too yellow to be butter, surely. You see on the actual oh, yeah. image on oh, the image, yeah. on the packaging. Maybe it's, it's like, a looks curd. Like lemon, lemon curd or something. Yeah. Something really... F- it's from Waitrose, so it'll have some fancy ass spread in it that no one's got in their cupboard regularly. Yeah. Or it might be mustard. Oh, strange. Um, mm. So what would the Vidiot's alternative hot cross bun be? Um, oh, I forgot that. I forgot where we were. That was um, the question. Yeah. Shit, yeah. 
Well, it first the first question was, what are our thoughts on the phenomenon? I think, you know, the two of these that you've sent, uh, Rosie, are fairly tame. They At least they're sweet. Um, the, the cheese and stout one is very odd. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure about that. It's a bit much for me. Keep it simple. Little little twists, maybe like a bit of apple in one or something. Why Ooh, not? But yeah. Cheese, no. What would the uh, Vidiot's one be, though, is the question. Hmm. Do you think we could put Fruit Loops inside it? <laughs> Maybe. Fruit I was going to ask if we could have four different hot cross buns in the same packet. Slightly you could have Ooh, each flavor. quarter of the hot cross bun. <laughs> oh <my laughs> like Along the cross could be a different thing. Oh, so could good. we put a pagan uh, sort of satanic worship symbol instead of a cross on mm-hmm. one of them? Um, but only it's like a Wonka golden ticket. You have to buy loads of packets of Vidiot's hot cross buns if you want to stand a chance of getting the special satanic one. <laughs> it's an easy way to make it satanic. You just turn it upside down and it becomes St. Peter's cross, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it's meant to be in the middle of the cross, I think. It's not a very oh. accurate cross, but... You've got to be careful how you eat your hot cross bun. If you Imagine serving up your hot cross bun upside down to, like, the local vicar or something. It could be disastrous. Mm. Nightmare. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty humiliating when, when you go to church as regularly as you do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All the time. Um, what, so what are we putting in it? I think we're going sweet, right? I really like the idea of apple. Maybe some sort of apple spiced hot cross bun could be pretty mm-hmm. tasty. Mm. Mm. That'd yeah. taste that nice. Well, we need to have, like, stay true to form, have, like, a couple of good ones and one absolute stinker in there. <laughs> it just yeah. ruins the whole pack. Yeah. I, I can't... I want to I see a hot cross bun that's made up of all of the winners from, like, food fights I've done on Podiots. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember a single winner, like, ham sandwich and a digestive biscuit, maybe, yeah. and, and and some barbecue crisps. That'd be a delicious oh, little package. <laughs> the Vidiot's victory bun. <laughs> <laughs> I think the cross is actually kind of under underutilized with hot cross buns i feel like maybe mm-hmm. you could still incorporate the cross decoration but substitute it for something that actually has some flavor okay Ooh, yeah. yeah like uh, a jellied eel oh mm. awful <laughs> some strawberry laces i was just thinking strawberry laces really that, you're gonna yeah. bite into it and have this sort of <laughs> this soft bun with with a with an elasticy I don't even know how to describe it. You're going to bite it and there's going to be a hard bit or you're going to pull away and the whole thing's going to come off in one go. Sorry, you just suggested yeah. jellied eels. Well, at least <laughs> yeah, you can get chompers right through that. You know what I'm saying? You've got to think about structural integrity over here. I've never what? had jellied eels. I don't know how leathery no, they are. No, me neither. I bet they're disgusting. I don't want them near my bun, actually. No. A flump. Flump. <laughs> oh, yeah. It kind of looks like it anyway. So, yeah, perfect. Hot cross flump. Hot cross, cross bump. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Love That's it. it. Maybe. Done it. The hot cross. Right, Vidiot's, hit us up. Vidiot's hot cross bump. <laughs> <laughs> Is that b- bun like B U N P? Yeah, bun or B U M P? B U N N for November P. Bump. Bump. Hot cross bump. It's it's really fun to say. It is. And it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not even a portmanteau of flump because it's just no. the letter P added to the end. We but... just wanted to call it bump. Yeah. <laughs>
And then in the morning, you would probably do a hot cross bun piss. Oh, absolutely. There we go. The full yeah. package. You'd be really cross and really hot. <laughs> <laughs> I've had an okay. allergic reaction to my bun. <laughs> now I have a hot and cross bum. Fantastic. Um, God's sake. <laughs> Thanks for that question. Cheers. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, yeah. Peter. Have you got a thing? Uh, yeah, I've got a thing here. Um, I wanted to tell you the story about, um, spoiler alert for what's coming up here, the meowing nuns. Um, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> The Curious Case of the Meowing Nuns, which was a mass hysteria case. And while I was looking for a good write-up of it, I just found an article on thelineup.com um, with a series of mass hysteria cases, all in little bite-sized chunks. So oh, handy. we're going to learn about eight mass hysteria uh, things. I'll do the nuns one at the end. So we'll go from eight, which is the opposite end of the list. Um, and it starts with one that's a bit more well-known. It's the Salem Witch Trials, of course. Mm, um, nice. One of the most well-known examples of mass hysteria in American history, the Salem Witch Trials resulted in around 20 deaths and its enduring legacy. Salem was already rife with rumours of witchcraft when, in 1692, Betty Paris and Abigail Williams began displaying strange tendencies, including screaming and flailing around uncontrollably. Doctors declared the girls were bewitched. Mm. 1692. Brilliant. <laughs> Along with Anne Putnam, the young girls began identifying women in town as witches. Their, uh, their accusations started with societal outcasts, but also targeted supposed pillars of society as more and more accusations were made. By the time the trials ended a year later, over 200 people had been accused of practising witchcraft, 19 people had hanged, one man had been pressed to death by stones. Oh! Yeah. And seven had died in jail awaiting execution. I've seen the pressed to death thing. It's uh, There's a, a scene from um, the like a movie version that was made about Salem. Do you remember and, Little uh, Hope as well? The Dark Pictures game. I think there was a man crushed in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think there was. Um, he was a guy called Corey, I believe, was his surname. And they lay a big plank across you. They lie you on the floor, put a plank on you, uh, or like bigger than a plank, like it covers your your whole body, only your head is sticking out. Uh, and then they just slowly add more and more stones. And they were telling him, they were like, just please just admit that you're a witch, because I think like if he did that, he could sort of die with a bit more honor. And maybe he could like repent his sins and possibly get to heaven or something. But because he obviously wasn't a witch, he just flat out refused, and they were adding more and more stones, <laughs> and he died. He just said, "No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it." Are you a witch now? Are you a witch now? Add another stone. Are another you sure? One. <laughs> yeah, that's how it got went. a big one here for you. Oh God. Um, so there you go. That's the Salem witch trials, which I'm sure you already knew about. But uh, number seven, counting down here, the twitching outbreak. A high school in Louisiana experienced a strange moment of mass hysteria in 1939 when one of their students inexplicably began to feel an uncontrollable twitch in her right leg. After attending the school's annual homecoming dance, her leg be began to twitch along with the music. This continued in school the next day and soon spread to several of her female classmates. Concerned parents began to pull their children out of school. As fear spread, so did the twitching phenomenon, until it suddenly and ultimately ended within a week. Sociologists explained that there was no real condition and that this was merely a case of mass hysteria. 
It's very strange that these Weird. things can happen. Um, here's an interesting one I'd not heard of. The Halifax Slasher Panic, number six. Oh, God. Um, so Halifax, England, that's not so far from where my parents are. It's one of the next a couple of towns over. The Halifax Slasher Panic began on the, uh, November the 16th, 1938 in Halifax, England, when two women entered the local police station with head wounds. They told the police a man had attacked them with a razor blade... But upon investigating, the police could find no evidence at the crime st- uh, at the crime scene. Word of the attack quickly spread. Over the following days, more people came forward, all with cuts and knife wounds. Vigilante groups began to roam the streets, attacking men who appeared suspicious. With the local police stumped by the lack of evidence and with no suspects, detectives from Scotland Yard were called in to help. But just as the detectives began their investigation, the case took an unexpected turn. During questioning, many of the victims began confessing they'd actually they had actually injured themselves after hearing about the so-called Halifax slasher. When nine of the twelve victims confessed to doing the wounds themselves, the police closed the investigation. Five were subsequently charged with public mischief offences, and four were sent to prison for their part in the slasher panic. Whoa! Oh, they just wanted to be involved, I guess, in this what they thought was going to be a big story. You are guilty of public mischief. Mischief. (laughs) (laughs) Mild peril. (laughs) Number five, we've got the New York Tourette's epidemic. Tourette's syndrome uh, is characterised as a vocal and or physical tick that is uncontrollable. It's a rare neuropsychiatric disorder which made it all the more strange when a New York school experienced what seemed to be an outbreak of Tourette's syndrome in 2011. After several schoolchildren began to dis- display Tourette-like symptoms, parents began co- uh, became concerned that there was some sort of toxin that was causing this outbreak. Many of those parents still believe this. The researchers, including Erin Brockovich, whose credentials were not given, just their name, researcher, including Erin Brockovich, concluded there was nothing unusual about the environment. Dr. Laszlo Mechter came to the conclusion that this outbreak was the result of conversion disorder, another name for mass hysteria. This basically means that though these students were experiencing real symptoms, they had not suddenly come down with Tourette's syndrome. Erin mm-hmm. Brockovich is, I recognise the name. She's very famous. I'm just oh, looking really? at her Wikipedia now. Uh, she's an American paralegal whistleblower, consumer advocate and environmental activist who is instrumental in building a case against Pacific Gas and Electric Company involving groundwater contamination in Hinkley, California, uh, with the help of attorney Ed Masri in 1993. Their successful lawsuit was the subject of an Oscar-winning film, Erin Brockovich, that came out in the year 2000, starring Julia Roberts. I've never seen it, but I recognise the name. I think you mean Specific Gas and Electric Company. Specific, yes, I do, I do. Uh, Right, well, evidently Erin's reputation precedes her, and I'm the ignorant one, so I should have known who she was. Well, I just think think it's more interesting that she was involved in a in a case of mass hysteria. Yeah, well, researched it. But, oh, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. Mm. Uh, so we've got a few left. Uh, number four, the m- m- Monoqua. I actually said that out loud. It's Monopoly <laughs> is how it's pronounced. The Monopoly, yes. Um, this might be, um, without context, this might be Native American, a Native American word, so I'm probably butchering this. But anyway, um, in 2002, the people of Uttar Pradesh... Oh, no, it's in India. I don't know why I thought it was America. Um, In 2002, the people of Uttar Pradesh in India reported seeing an alien spacecraft that would burn the flesh on people's faces. It was given the name 
Monokwa, which loosely translates to face scratcher. Oh, there were no. seven deaths associated with the alien. The local de- uh, police deputy did nothing to calm matters when he made a statement claiming that these afflictions were brought on by some sort of anti-national genetically engineered insect. Oh, God. <laughs> Stay calm, everyone. It's not a UFO. It's a genetically engineered insect. Good. It, and it's anti-national, this insect. <laughs> um, villagers stormed police headquarters and demanded protection, inciting a riot and leaving one person dead. People even committed suicide to save themselves from these foreign attackers. In the end, the national government had to step in and send agents to investigate the case. They attributed the whole outbreak to mass hysteria and declared all burn marks and injuries were entirely self-inflicted. Ooh. How odd. God, these and people, the f- huh? Yeah. People are weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, they are. Uh, number three is the Tanganyak... Oh, Tanganyika, no, what is that? Tanganyika, Tanganyika laughers. Uh, You've probably heard of infectious laughter, but nothing like this. In 1962, three young girls from a boarding school in Tanzania began to laugh uncontrollably. They would laugh for hours at a time without being able to stop. The laughter spread to other children and became so widespread that the school was forced to shut down. This, however, did not end the epidemic. Some of the girls spread their laughing sickness when they went home. By May, there were 217 reported cases of the laughing flu in the area. Most of the afflicted were school-aged children, and when June came and went and the laughter had continued to spread, uh, suddenly it all stopped as soon as it began. In five months, the laughing flu caused 14 schools to close, with around 1,000 cases of laughing fits recorded. You know those kids were all just getting in on it to get out of school. As Absolutely. soon as the first school closed, the yeah. rest of them were like, it's time for us to get sick with this laughter Come stuff. Come on, everyone, start <laughs> laughing. Yeah. Number two is uh, another somewhat famous one you may have heard of. The Deadly Dancing Mania. In July of 1518, as disease and famine swept through the streets of Strasbourg, France, a strange thing happened. A woman named Trophia began to dance. After a week of non-stop dancing, others had joined her. By August, over 400 people lined the city streets, silently dancing. Oh my god. So creepy. Doctors were mystified, but came to the conclusion the incessant dancing was caused by a fever and recommended the sufferers continue until the fever burned itself out. Well, she's been going for a year. I know, they were advised to carry on dancing. Uh, the city's governor constructed a stage and brought in a band and professional dancers to <laughs> dance well alongside... Might monetize it, right? <laughs> and, and professional dancers to dance alongside the inflicted. Wow. People began to pass out from heat exhaustion and some even died. (laughs) The dancing mania only ended when people were forcibly removed from the streets and taken to shrines to pray to St. John the the Baptist or St. Vitus to cure them of the dancing curse. Stranger still, this incident was not the first of its kind. In 13th century Aachen, Germany, the dancing plague, also called St. John's Dance, caused thousands of people to start dancing with uncontrolled emotion. Italy, Holland and Switzerland also experienced these strange bouts of dancing plagues, with the last known occurrence taking place in the 17th century. Wow. Do you reckon it was a parasite of some kind? Oh, perhaps, yeah. 
like just yeah, maybe they had like bum worms and they're trying to. <laughs> I don't know that they were <laughs> trying, trying to, to dance better. out their <laughs> bum worms, but like you know, parasites can cause ticks and things like that, and maybe yeah. that's causing them to again, like with the with this with the stanky leg disease from earlier. You know, <laughs> yeah, it could just yeah, maybe it was some kind of um, a strange kind of spasming or something that just mm. looked like dancing or yeah, maybe. And uh, that finally brings us to number one, which is entitled The Trouble with Nuns. Um, because I believe this might actually be a compilation of things that nuns have done, not just the meowing, but we'll get to that. According to the book Epidemics of the Middle Ages by J.F.C. Hecker, seemingly there's enough to fill a book, um, a baffling case of mass hysteria gripped a secluded convent in France. It all began when one nun began to meow like a cat, an animal that's closely associated with the devil in Catholicism. Mm. No. That's what put on our hot cross buns, cats. Mm. Soon, others in her company began to meow as well. Together, they would sometimes meow for hours at a time. To contain the situation, soldiers were brought in and tasked with whipping and beating the nuns until they promised to stop. Oh my God. God. Do you promise to be well? <laughs> Meow. It's like when you're naughty as a child and your parents threaten to call the police on you if you don't start acting right, and then yeah. <laughs> the soldiers come and start whipping you. <laughs> <laughs> um, a similar case occurred in Germany during the 15th century when nuns began to bite one another. When the <laughs> oh news travelled, other nunneries in the area started experiencing the same problem. Soon the biting epidemic had spread as far as Holland and Rome, with no clear explanation as to why this was happening. According to reports from the time, the biting eventually ceased due to the nuns' <laughs> exhaustion. <laughs> they were too tired to bite anymore. Oh, um, dear. Lastly, I mean, I'm laughing. This is like, if this had happened more recently, it would feel inappropriate to laugh because it's like serious medical episodes. But, you know, because it was hundreds of years ago, for some reason, my brain it's, says, it's fine. It's, it's funny now. Laugh yes. at this, you know, these mental health episodes. But no, I mean, this is actually terrible that this happened. Um, but very strange all the same. Uh, and lastly, the bizarre behaviour of both cases is generally credited to the period's intense belief in the supernatural as well as the fact that many of the women had been forced into convents by their families to live a lifestyle that demanded celibacy, poverty, and hard manual labour. It's little wonder nuns found themselves particularly susceptible to episodes of hysteria. Oh, dear. Done. It must have been quite a fun day in the nunnery, though, when you turn over and Doris is there just meowing in the corner. You think, yeah, why not? I'll join in as well. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You must be bored stiff, like sick to death of all the rubbish you have to do that you've been forced into by your families you're not you, it's not even like you've chosen to become a nun and so you probably think hey if i get to be sent to the infirmary for a bit if i just meow or bite someone then i'm in <laughs> um so there you go there's various cases of mass hysteria through history fantastic nice. thank you Amazing. very much peter you're welcome thank you i'm exhausted and- now <laughs> and that, yeah, me too. Well, that concludes, fortunately, this episode of uh, Podiots. But before you go anywhere, don't you? De- don't we see you? Stop don't it. stop. What? Don't mark this episode as listened to on your iPhone and then delete it. We see. We we know what you're doing. You stop right there while we do some plugs. Mikey, is there some kind of shop? <gasps> your 
absolutely bloody right there's a shop. If you go on your web browser of choice and you type in vidiotsofficial.com, you'll be greeted with our wonderful website, but better than our website is our wonderful shop, which is also part of our website. Website's losing all of its meaning as a word. Help. Podiots, on our shop. We have lovely t-shirts, a variety of stickers, mug, hoodie, and hat. Everything you could ever need. And it feels like we've been saying this for a while now, but we do have something new in the works. It should hopefully be with you and in your faces soon. It's not edible, but you can eat it if you want to. But Yeah, we don't advise that. But we can't stop you. But if you just can't wait, you can go to vidiotsofficial.com and click on shop and have a look at our goodies. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, the new item will be limited as well, so make sure you're quick on the button press there if you're interested in having one. But we're not going to tell you what it is yet. You can just speculate wildly if you want. So, uh, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all.com forward slash official. Go say hello to like-minded uh, vidiots and podiots uh, by going to visit... <laughs> by going to vidiotsofficial.com forward slash discord and we'd like to thank Tommy and Fleckers for modding us over there Cheers. Uh, thank you go check out the discord twitch.tv forward slash vidiotsofficial I did threaten that maybe we will be streaming at some point in the summer but thank you to everyone it hasn't happened yet who came along to a stream I did last Friday in aid of the uh, local branch of the RSPCA to oh. this area uh, thank you for coming and giving so generously the VOD presumably will be on the YouTube channel now if you want to watch it back or you can go to twitch.tv forward slash video it's official to watch it there podiots.com you donate £3 or more there. You get a shout-out at the beginning and the end of the show. You join Pod Squad. We appreciate it immensely. It helps us do this flipping show for you. And, uh, and you know, you get enshrined in the, in the Pod Squad Hall yeah. of Fame. So thank That's you very much. Mikey. We resume. We get back to the world of Pod Squadiots. Uh, we begin with Little Bitty Kitty Committee. The very generous Katie Kinsolo, thank you very much and hope you're doing better. Big Titty Jesus 42, Raindrop Joy, Connor, Mr. Milk, the birthday boy. Uh, listen to Mo Motor Music, uh, Lord Brotovich and Donak07. Thank you all. Also, Blobby's Throbbing Ovipositor, Creamy Muck Muck, X Walchuk X, Just Alexa This Week, Pete and Mike in Da Bengalow. Ainsley Harriet, Savory Caroline, Dun Dun Dun, and Mr. Masturbator. And finally, we have Dick Your Dom in Da Bumgalow, Ben's Relatable Anxiety, Jack O'Mac 43, Yuck Foo Weddy Feber 420, John Tickle made me go, hmm, Holden His Cock, Anita Dick, and Blobek Blobitzer. Thank you, everyone. That's your pod squad for this week. Once again, podiots.com, £3 or more to get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show. We love you. Thank you. Uh, what's out on Vidiots this week, five years ago, Peter? Uh, this week, this fortnight, we have got Wallace and Gromit's Impossible Train Game. Piece of cake. That's a good one. Prove It, The Sims 3, Part 1. Uh, Skyrim Zoo, Chapter 5. Necromancing Queen. <laughs> Uh, memory cards for the April the 2nd, which is Hannah Montana something, Lego Star Wars and Mortal Kombat 2. We've got Podiots Episode 3, But With a Pigeon. 
Talking on Takeshi's Castle in Nippon... Sorry, taking on Takeshi's Castle in Nippon Marathon's Lobster Mode. Uh, po- uh, Postum Tat number 7, the Montana Mother Load. Worst Games Ever Game Selection for the 5th of April 2018. Um, I think that was around the time we started doing selection videos, actually. We've got mm-hmm. Prove It, The Sims 3, Part 2. Worst Games Ever Naughty Bear. Um, in the Spotlight, A Way Out. Skyrim Zoo Chapter 6, The King of Carrot Flowers. Memory cards for April the 9th, which is Spider-Man, Mario Kart Wii, and Postal 2. Luomo di, di Milano, The Man from Milan, Part 1, Betrayal. That was the Miller oh. Noir uh, brand deal we did. Postum tat number 8, Happy Birthday, Tiny Peter. Ah, oh, thanks. Thanks, video. Oh, happy Birthday. Um, and uh, where am I going up to? One more. We've got um, Prove It, The Sims 3, Live Action Challenge, Part 1. Exciting. What a bounty. Mm. What a fortnight. Go check those out. Watch watch or relive the Vidiot's year yeah. in real time uh, from fortnight to fortnight. Mikey, are Hello. you on the internet somewhere? Sometimes. When I do pork my head on the internet, you can find me at Parrotboy on Twitter. Go look at it. I'm not sure what's on there, but it's the best place to keep up with whatever it is I'm doing. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is. And Peter, where are we? Uh, we are together at Team Triple Jump on YouTube and Twitch and social media, Twitter and Facebook as well. Um, but uh, individually as well, you can find us on Twitter at Confused underscore Dude and at That Peter Austin, where we do all sorts of silly things. <laughs> Why not leave us a five star review on your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms and it does help and it doesn't cost you anything. Just uh, give give a little back for free and we'd really appreciate it. Just take five minutes. We'd, uh, mm. we'd, uh, yeah, that'd be great. But yeah, you know what? Just do it now. Thank you. We'll wait. Uh, no we won't Uh, do we have a final question before we fuck off maybe hot cross bun recipes or um, yeah Yeah. what's your ideal hot cross bun maybe yeah Mm. Yeah. how's that sound great well thanks for listening everybody you look after yourselves until next time and uh, I hope you had a great Easter weekend Mm. bye 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 bye